podcast from Two and Mike is, I think it's really cool and um, that is what I wanted to say. Two and a mic. Dora Greenwell was born on December 6, 1821. She was an English poet. Her father was a respected and popular magistrate in Lanchester, County Durham. Her oldest brother was an archaeologist, and she had two brothers who went on to become clergymen in the Church of England. In 1848, the family lost their hold on Greenwell Ford, their family home, owing to mismanagement, and they had to sell. Dora lived for a short time with her parents at Hovingham Rectory in Northumberland. It was in this village that she issued her earliest volume of poetry, which was published by William Pickering. She lived for a while with her brother at Goldbourne Rectory in Lancashire, before moving to Durham with her brother William, after working for a while with her other brother Alan. She moved back to Durham and lived with her mother and many friends and relatives. She wrote prodigiously in this time. She became an accomplished essayist. A lot of her work expressed her religious beliefs, having grown up in such a clearly Christian family. In addition to this, she wrote essays on women's education and suffrage, and she was very much against the slave trade. She lived in Durham for 18 years, until her mother's death in 1871. Thereafter, for some time, she visited friends in Torquay and Clifton before moving to London in 1874. She died on Wednesday, 29th of March in 1882. A wooded trust close to her birthplace of Lanchester is named Dora's Wood in her honour. A good portion of her life is shrouded in mystery, because so little is actually known of what became of her in those periods. I won't pretend to know what occurred in those years, but despite some attempts at the time to discredit her on a supposedly ethical level, I can only surmise that she spent a lot more time really observing and thinking than most of her detractors at the time. Clearly, I chose this poem because of its reference to sunflowers. This is, in my very small way, a tribute both to Dora Greenwell and her work, as well as to the young protesters of recent days, who used Van Gogh's painting of sunflowers, without causing the painting any actual damage, as an opportunity to raise their concerns about the environment. At the end of this poem, I have a little note of my thoughts with regards to this demonstration of political will. I hope you enjoy the poem. The Sunflower by Dora Greenwell Till the slow daylight pale, a willing slave, fast bound to one above, I wait. He seems to speed and change and fail, I know he will not move. 
I lift my golden orb to his, unsmitten when the roses die, and in my broad and burning disc absorb the splendors of his eye. His eye is like a clear, keen flame that surges through me. I must droop upon my stalk. I cannot reach his sphere. To mine he cannot stoop. I win not my desire. And yet I fail not of my guerdon, lo, a thousand flickering darts and tongues of fire around me spread and glow. All rayed and crowned I miss, no queenly state until the summer wane. The hours flit by, none knoweth of my bliss, and none has guessed my pain. I follow one above, I track the shadow of his steps. I grow most like to him I love, of all that shines below. There is a lot of furore regarding the amateurish vandalism on Van Gogh's painting case, and apparently real damage was also caused to the frame. It's important that in any society the arts are given their fair due. Without art and the expression of art, not only would this world be a very sad and lonely place, it would also be cold and a bland haven of argument, frustration and senselessness. Appreciation of the arts, of every form, allows us to embrace varying concepts of our own importance, diversity and varied beauties. Art is the embodiment of empathy, sensed and considered, communicated and silently understood between strangers and loved ones alike. I appreciate that any society that seeks to limit artistic expression is simply trying to cover up its own glaring inadequacies. What use is speech if the words are not allowed to emerge? For these reasons, I understand the outrage many people felt when they heard about the protest that threw soup onto Van Gogh's sunflowers painting. Why would they target art? Surely art, especially that which immortalizes nature, should be considered an ally to the environmental movement. I have also heard people refer to these protesters as some kind of bourgeois rebels, people who grew up in privileged homes and are using any opportunity to attract attention. Maybe they are. Actually, let's assume that's precisely what they wanted to do. To hell with the message, let's become famous for this symbolic act. Maybe then some people will calm down long enough to realize that even then, the act itself remains a notable reminder. There is a sense to the protest. However, I don't believe that to be true. I have worked with privileged people. I was one myself, even though it rarely felt like it. I still am, I guess. We just had a meeting about the lack of freedom of speech in Armenia in the 1990s. We decided that we would have a sit-in protest at the embassy in London. Just a few youths. We were 17 or 18 at the time. As soon as we had made the decision and people had had time to reflect, they realized they couldn't do it after all because they had somewhere to be. 
They couldn't be spared. Such important people I'd had the honour of working with. I could, of course, have gone alone. I didn't. Maybe I, too, was too important. And so here we have the art world. The art aficionados coming out of their artistic wood and telling the world that these people are Philistines. Philistines? Who uses the term Philistines nowadays? Ah, yeah. Privileged people. Nobody is even sure where the Philistines came from, but apparently they were not big on sunflowers. A part of the art-appreciating world has set itself up as a superior form of earthly human, somewhat elevated in understanding and more aware. Not woke, mind you, no, no. Not practical awareness then. Just the artistic form that can be bought and sold for a few mil here and there. Nobody needs to be aware of suffering unless that suffering led to the creation of some damn fine art. I can't see Van Gogh settling down for caviar and champagne with some of these art people. He might, however, appreciate a warm meal with a poor family who had shown him kindness and understanding. Though I'm not very well versed in these kinds of things, and so I can't claim any kind of special knowledge on what Van Gogh may or may not have preferred. Art critics, on the other hand, know automatically exactly what Van Gogh would have thought about it all, and damn it, the poor man would have turned in his grave. Quite. I won't dramatise. The world is going through a cataclysmic shift. Okay, I'll dramatise a bit. We can't see it if we don't look at the signs. The planet, nature, has been talking to us for a very long time. However, we have magic words like economics, profits, markets, and shareholders to consider. Because any use of or combination of these words are like trump cards. A billion crabs went missing, but the economy, dear chap, the market will reflect. Bullshit. The market is a corrupt bellyful of exploitation heaped upon society to enrich a very small number of people, and we keep accepting every decision they thrust upon us. So, what do I want? I don't want rebellion, revolution, or rioting. I don't want anger, frustration, or violence. I would love people to open their eyes, see what we are collectively doing, and make up their own minds. If humanity wants to kill its own offspring, then I won't accept it. But I'm not ignorant enough to believe that any of those who see profit as a priority will listen to me anyway. Even those people have kids, or young people they love, and I feel sorry for them too. They will look into the eyes of their parents plaintively, while the grass burns in the front garden, the tide boils in, and soil turns to sand. Sunflowers is a lovely painting, and I'm sure before long the soup will be wiped away and you can enjoy the majesty of that painting again. When our climate shifts, however, how many of us will be around to see the resumption of more acceptable temperatures? Not quite as many, I'd wager.
Philistines, the lot of us. Two, 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 and a mic. and a mic.